Hey, peace and blessings to you. My name is Jerry B. I am the Entree Musician and so are you. Welcome to another exciting episode of the Entree Musician. This is the space where we concentrate on the mindset, discipline, and focus of the Entree Musician. Today's episode, no exception. The only uh, unusual uh, aspect to this is we're not interviewing anyone today. Today, we're diving deeper into a subject that we've discussed in the past, but from my best-selling book, The Path of the Entree Musician, Nine keys to unlock your mindset, discipline, and focus, we are concentrating on key number eight, forgiveness. It seems like recently I have been involved in several conversations where we as entree musicians have talked about wounds and healing and different hurts that we've suffered along this journey of being entree musicians. And I thought, wow, you know, let's explore this again in case you may be going through this. I want to tell you this is my most personal journey and most personal key in the entire book. And uh, I've grown from it. I've read it again. And I want to read excerpts of it to you. And hopefully it will help you because this chapter, no doubt, is applicable to entree musicians everywhere. Because you absolutely cannot go through this life without understanding and then living out this valuable principle of forgiveness. And things can be really extremely difficult and painful, and we have to know how to conquer it. When it's all said and done, you would agree with this statement that there's only so much a person can take, right? (laughs) You would agree with that. And I don't know how many times you have been knocked down or you've been knocked out by one or more people, many of whom may be your closest friends, family, and loved ones, but they cut you deep They disappointed and abused you, perhaps figuratively, sometimes really literally. And these things happen and you can be completely broken. When someone hurts you in word or deed, it absolutely takes something from you. Your spirit is minimized. You're bruised. You're scarred. And in many cases, the wound may never properly heal. Now, remember as kids, we used to sing the song, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. Well, whoever wrote that song was an idiot. (laughs) There's a word for you. Really, that was a lie. See, unforgiveness is an evil snake and it slithers into your life and it wraps itself around your soul and it begins squeezing until all of the primitive and psychological humanity is drained from you. In all seriousness, many people have committed suicide or they've tried to. and Others have been in counseling for years. What we're talking about here, my friend, is real life. It could be as simple as not being included in the softball game when you were nine years old, or it can be as difficult as your ex-husband walking out on you for your younger sister. I'll say it again. We're diving into real life. You have a story. I want you to pause the podcast if you need to and write out your story, and then you can turn it back on. I mean that. I mean that. I'm not just saying that because... I'm going to say it one last time. This is real life.
Many of us are carrying around a bucket of hatred and unforgiveness. Yet simultaneously, the one who hurt us is getting along in their life without a single thought of us. And this is a most difficult irony to digest. In our waking moments, what are we doing? <laughs> All day long, we're walking around, transfixed on what has been done to us. It's like a tape recorder that's just playing over and over in our hearts and in our heads. Whether it's a memory of infancy or the sixth grade or some offense from our older cousin or that semester in college or even last night by our spouse. Yet at the same time, they're sleeping peacefully and are completely unbothered by our discontent. And these thoughts just wrangle us throughout the day. It makes, it makes no difference what we try to do. We can't let go. We don't forget. We might even confront them, which turns out to be worse because now we are perceived to be the ones with the problem. And we may be gaslighted into believing that we initiated the entire situation. It's total crap. You can put an expletive there if you want to. But the entire ordeal is tremendous torture. And that's just the way it is. Well, I want to tell you something. I know personally what this is. I put it in the book. <laughs> I've lived it. This is not just some puny confession. It's a large portion of what has consumed a majority of my life. And I may write a biography one day because it's really that deep of a story. Just suffice to say that if this is affecting you or relevant to you or resonating with you in any way, I totally empathize with you. I totally know what it means. I know what it means to be abandoned. I know what abuse means. I know what addiction means. I know what it feels like to watch people who tore my heart out go and party like it was 1999 and they go forward and they prosper without a single thought of what they did to me although there were a few who turned back and pointed and laughed at me while i lay in the floor clutching my chest trying to catch my breath and i i also know what it means to be that person who holds the grudge and i'm unable to forgive them because of what they did but yet doing so caused incredible damage to myself and to others, some of whom were not even connected to the original offense. Now, the answer I'm going to give is going to sound incredibly oversimplified. Trust me, I'm trying to edit this appropriately as I look back into the rearview mirror of my life. I don't want to be overbearing. But I'm really trying to find the moment, or in my case, the series of moments where I made the decision to completely let it all go. I made a choice to pick up the hurt, drop the hatred, and learn to forgive. Each person, each instance, I had to stop and write it all down, list every name, write out the offense, and forgive. It's not at all easy, 
but it's entirely doable. Forgiveness, my friend, like we teach in mindset, discipline, and focus, is a process. Key number eight, forgiveness is a process. Now, actually, it's a three-step process. And I learned this from a former mentor who himself, sometime later in our relationship, turned around and hurt me very deeply. But during our time of mentoring, when I was sitting under his mentorship, what he taught was vital and important and true. So therefore, you don't throw the baby out with the bathwater, so to speak, because I learned myself. There are three things. There's the act of forgiveness, there's the process of forgiveness, and there's the state of forgiveness. The act, the process, and the state of forgiveness. So let's just take a moment to unpack these steps. The act of forgiveness is you take stock of all that was said and done, and you make the decision to forgive the person for all of it. You repeat this act, stating out loud your decision to forgive, whether it's your mother or stepfather or best friend, your bandmate, business partner, pastor, third grade teacher, fellow entree musician, whatever the case, you say their name, you visualize their face, and you open up your mouth to declare your forgiveness to them. Now, the process, the second step, may need to be repeated over a period of days, weeks, months, or years. And this should not make you ashamed or embarrassed. It may have taken you years to get to this step, and it won't be all over in a flash, done just like that. It's a process. Remember, you will see this person in person. You will see their picture or perhaps see them in a post on social media. You will hear their voice or the mention of their name. You will have friends who are still their friends and, of course, think the world of them. And you will have family who love and cherish that person, or they themselves may be members of your own immediate family. If you're strong enough, then you will tell them that you have decided to forgive them. If you're not strong enough, then you will continue to tell yourself. And believe me, <laughs> that does count absolutely. Keep telling yourself. Now, if they receive your forgiveness, then you cautiously consider what it means to be reconciled to that relationship. Often it may take a period of time and in some cases such reconciliation to the level you once had may bring about further complications. So be cautious. And of course, in extreme situations such as physical or sexual abuse, professional help with the proper authorities should be sought out accordingly. And in absolute dangerous or life-threatening situations, there should be no further contact. I cannot stress that enough. Suffice to say that even when there's no further contact, because of that extreme situation, you choose to forgive the person from within your heart. The most important point about the process of forgiveness is what it does for you. And what it does to you, regardless of what that person may have done and how they respond. Now, I know exactly what I said, but it's for you and your healing. You become healed 
and you become completely whole because of your decision, not theirs. Think about that for a second. You are healing. Your wholeness. Now this person, they may and often do know exactly what they've done to you. But they may pretend to minimize, ignore, and completely deny their fault. Perhaps it is possible that they are oblivious to how their actions have affected you. Now, you need to decide either of these situations are okay because you are no longer bound by their choices. You have been set free by the power of choosing forgiveness and they can no longer entangle you. Does that make sense? I hope it does. Therefore, you adopt the habit of praying for them daily. You also pray for yourself daily. Now, I'm a man of faith. I pray. If you're not a person of faith, think positive thoughts toward them and yourself, but do it daily. Now, the state of forgiveness is you approach this point through these prayers and affirmations and you arrive at this state because your life is yours to live, your heart is yours to give, you feel a freedom, your mind is yours to share, and your soul is yours to express boundlessly. You open yourself back up to love. See, the entire story of forgiveness emanates from the heart of Almighty God who loves you and created you, yet sees you and hear you talk, live and act, either as if he doesn't exist or behave indifferently if you should believe that he does. He reaches out to you and me every single day with his message of love, mercy, and affection. Yet we often dismiss him, disrespect, disobey, and dishonor him by the lives we choose, although he has freely given us the power to choose. Almighty God, sovereign King of the universe, Lord over the visible and invisible desires relationship with us. And he respects our decision to either engage with him or refuse. Can you dig that? God protects and provides and generously gives to us everything we need throughout our lifetimes. Certainly there are dark days, absolutely. Some drearier than others. And a few are downright tragic. I mean, just, we talk about it all the time. How can we truly understand the entirety of the world in this life? I mean, why do terrible things happen to great people? Or why little babies are born with such debilitating diseases? Or why is there war or human trafficking or 100 million other atrocities we witness? But if we're truly honest, I mean, totally transparent, neither can we understand why we don't correct the few things that we can comprehend or why we fall off of our own self-imposed disciplines and or choose to tell a lie or fall prey to addictions, commit crimes or worse. There's a whole lot we want to blame on God without taking responsibility for our own actions. I think you know that's true. And yet he extends his mercy and kindness and willingness to forgive us in spite of ourselves. And the way he chose to do this is the most bizarre process in the history of life. Believe it or not, 
God himself chose to absolve himself of his royal majestic to come to earth as a baby, to identify with our humanity and grow up to be a man to show us what it means to live life the way he intended for us to do. This includes and indeed is the bedrock of foundation of forgiveness. One of Jesus' disciples, Peter, asked him, how many times should I forgive a brother who offends me? And thinking it was cool, he said, how seven times seven? Jesus countered, how 70 times seven? You got to see Matthew chapter 18, verses 20 through 22. And Jesus implied in that statement that the process of forgiveness continues well beyond the number of occasions that we often afford it. Then Jesus goes into this story of this unhealthy forgiveness, which I'm not going to deprive you the opportunity of reading for yourself. Going several light years further, Jesus modeled the ultimate form of forgiveness by taking our place on the cross of judgment, choosing to pay for our sins against God's holy standard of righteousness. In fact, after suffering brutally, this torture inflicted upon him, and being nailed and hanging from a literal cross, Jesus prayed, Father, forgive them when they don't know what they're doing. That's in Luke chapter 23, verse 34. And he proceeded to die and rise again from the dead for us. Therefore, if any man or woman, young or old, should confess and ask God to forgive their sins, no matter how ugly or vile or how often, and they believe upon the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, professing him as Lord and Savior, surrendering their lives to him, Father God will forgive them of all transgressions, inviting them into a life of abundant and eternity. He will do it. Now, there's definitely more that I can tell you about this life, and I'm eager to share with anyone what I endeavor to live out daily. But I wanted to offer you as much as I feel would help you understand how vital this issue of forgiveness actually is. It is a matter of life and death. It is. Forgiveness is expensive. It is. It costs us everything to let go and be free. Because freedom is what we all desire. Freedom is what we all deserve. To live free of grudges and offenses and the slavery of holding on to wounds and bitterness. This frees you and I from the power of anyone yielding and wielding over us intentionally or otherwise. When we choose to forgive, we unlock a life of liberty. Now, a final important act in assessing this precious liberty is to forgive yourself. Many of us have been that person that we vilified earlier. We were the ones who caused the damage. We ignored the pleas for mercy. We lived out our lives in abuse to others. And finally, our consciences caught up with us. Now, when confronted with the horrors of our own humanity, we must first fess up to the one that we have afflicted with integrity and sincerity. It is important to note that our confessions and apologies may be rebuffed by those who were wounded. And, you know, we must allow for them to show us grace if they choose to do so. 
Sometimes they won't. But whatever the case, we must turn inwardly and ask God for forgiveness. Again, if this flows from your own personal system of faith, but then we forgive ourselves just as deeply from the heart. The process of forgiving ourselves involves the same three steps that we mentioned earlier, and they should be heeded just as seriously. Speaking with a counselor to help you overcome the pain that you've caused is advisable. And embracing the realization that you have value and the capacity to be forgiven is vital and will help you move forward toward emotional and spiritual health. It's all about freedom. So be free and forgive. And this is the eighth key that we discuss in the path of the entree musician. Um, if you want to learn more, by all means, please pick up the book. Uh, we discuss all nine keys at length because we want to be better men and women. This is ultimately going to make us become better entree musicians. I hope what I've said resonates with you. I hope that you can hear my heart as we poured it out in this podcast. As I said before, having recently been in several conversations with many people at all statuses of the music industry, every genre, talking about personal pain and hurt and unforgiveness, I thought, wow. You know, this, this is a key that I need to go back and revisit and to share again. And uh, I hope it helped you. I want you to become a part of the Entree Musician community. I'm going to ask you to like, subscribe, and share this video or this podcast. I'm going to ask that you write a review about what you think about it. Even if you didn't like it, write a review anyway. It's okay. I'll forgive you. <laughs> you knew that was coming, right? But my name is Jerry B. I want you a part of the community. We're growing so much. And uh, there's always room for you. Always. Uh, I'm going to ask you to do something else because I've just recently, I don't think I've put this on the podcast before, uh, is the opportunity for you and I to get together via Zoom for a 15-minute uh, conversation. Uh, you can ask me directly or tell me directly your thoughts and what you're doing in your life and career. And I can let you know what I'm doing in my life and career. You can sign up through Calendly, which you can schedule through our website at theentremusician.com. You can follow me on Facebook or, or LinkedIn. I'm primarily on LinkedIn, um, not so much on Twitter or Instagram was doing some things on TikTok. I might get back to that, but LinkedIn is the most uh, engaging opportunities for me, and I'm grateful to be there. Um, I really appreciate you. I really hope that you thrive. That's my heart for you. My name is Jerry B. I am the Entree Musician, but you know what's most important? So are you. We will see you again next time. God bless.